So I'm massively happy to say we have our first guest on Jay's Talk with Jay today. And here we have Sheldon from Toronto. He's well known to the uh, Instagram community. Of uh, The Jays fans seem to love him. Um, he was kind enough to reach out. Sheldon, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is a, an awesome opportunity. Well, let's hope so. There's a, the, the following's growing. The following's growing. It's not, it's not quite where I'd like it to be at the moment, but it's getting there slowly. Um, so we're going to talk Jays today. Obviously, you're wearing a Jays hat. Uh, for those who are listening on Spotify, you can't see that, so I thought I'd point it out. Unlike the uh, broadcasters on Sportsnet who seem to think everybody's watching on TV. But I think it's probably, it's probably uh, best we don't talk about that. It's been a sore subject for a lot of people. Um, so uh, but, uh, one of the reasons why I've, I've got you on today is I, I feel like you kind of know your stuff. Um, you're, you, you've, you've been very approachable since we started chatting over the last few days. Um, where, where do you think the Jays are at the moment? We, we'll go into talking about the games and stuff a little bit later. But wh- where do you think the Jays are at the minute? I think right now they are a team that I think contend for a wild card. Um, they do have a lot of competition this year with not only New York and Tampa, but they also got Chicago, Cleveland, Minnesota. They have Oakland, even though they've started slow, um, LA and Houston. So there's a lot of teams that they have to compete for, for not only playoff spots, but just a wild card. Uh, if they don't make it this year, I don't think it's a lost season. Uh, again, you, we have a lot of young players that are still learning. And uh, the fact that some of them are injured, uh, there's been the COVID issues uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, if they won 85 games, it's a success. In my eyes, it would be a success. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I've seen I've seen a lot of um, we're useless. Uh, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. I even saw a guy write on Twitter um, yesterday that he'd be surprised if the Jays were to win 65 games. Um, <laughs> I... I, I, I I don't see I don't see that happening, and I think last night was a good example. The Angels are a good team. No, I agree. The Angels are a very good team. Um, last night uh, they had Jose Quintana, and he was very wild, and he's not been the same pitcher from years before. So the Jays, you know, they took advantage of it. They didn't. Hit, they didn't even try to hit a home run. They just made contact. They they put the ball in play, and that's should be something they should be doing more often. Yeah, every everyone's been talking about their power and like yesterday showed it doesn't have to be just power and I thought it was actually quite clever of of some of the hitters whereas normally they'd go out and try and and try and hit it totally out of the park whereas whereas last night they seemed a bit more in control. I, I agree. They they um I think this little streak that they're on where they've lost a few games um, and the offense has sputtered, kind of gave them a different approach to last night's game. And again, Quintana was, was wild, but they, they took advantage of it. They tried to go the other way. Um, they, they were very successful in going the other way, going the opposite field. Uh, they had a lot of team speed in that lineup. And when we talk about team speed, think about stolen bases, but going from first to third, that's great base running. And they, they were doing quite a bit of, of running around. And yeah, you know, Vladdy first, Vladdy going from first to home. That was kind of impressive, right? Like you don't see that often. No, he's he's lost a lot of weight. He even stole the base last night, so he's looking really good physically, and I think that's very important. Um, 
last year and a half has been a bit of a wake-up call for someone as talented as Vladi. Um, he's starting to put in the work away from the field, and we're starting to see the results. He's the hitter that I think everyone uh, expects him to be, and you know he's incredibly successful. As long as he just stays within himself, I can only recall maybe one or two at-bats so far this year where – he's expanded the strike zone and the Texas game, wasn't it? The Texas game where he kind of really three, three strikes. He was done. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a good example of him kind of not being staying true to himself. Vladdy has a lot of power. We know that, but his success in the minors was hitting for a high average, taking walks, being very patient at the plate, working the count. That's the Vladdy that we're seeing right now. And he's going to get his home runs. He's going to hit 25 to 30. He may even go beyond that. But give me the Vladdy who can hit 320, have an on base of 400, have a slugging north of 525. That's the Vladdy that the Jays need. And someone like him, beneficial to the lineup. And what he's doing right now is very beneficial to the lineup. I, I agree. Like, it's been a long time since we've had a Jays hitter hit over 300, like comfortably over 300. For sustained period over the season, like I can't remember the last guy who did it. Um, we've had people there or thereabouts, but no one's ever hit sort of three twenty, three thirty. I can't remember when last. Who last person? Was. I think the the last day to actually successfully do it was I think Carlos Delgado put up a three forty batting average, and that was in two thousand when he had that huge season. Yeah. Um, and kind of lost in that era was Shannon Stewart, who was constantly hitting over three hundred. And as a leadoff hitter and getting on base at a 360 foot. So to have a player like Vladdy, and I think soon Bo's going to be that guy too. He's going to, he's going to hit very well. He's looking he's good, right? He's looking good mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, it was some of that, uh, that was mentioned on Blue Jay Center, um, another podcast I'm a part of, that Bo in a number two spot is incredibly successful. And for the first part of the season, we've seen him in a number three spot. And at the time, I couldn't understand it. I was like, well, you know, you're taking him out of his, looks like his comfort zone. And last night we've seen it. He was batting in the number two spot and he he looked very relaxed. He looked like himself. And hopefully, hopefully they keep him in the number two spot. You know, Bowen in number two spot. And then number three could be Vladdy, could be Teoscar when he comes back, could be Lourdes when he gets hot. Um, he, number three could be interchangeable depending on who's doing well. Why Why do you think we've struggled? Uh, I say we struggled. Why do you think we've had issues against, obviously, against Texas? Bearing in mind, the first game against Texas, Texas we blew them out of the water. They they weren't in it from the start. We uh, Straight away, in, score some runs, and then it's like, you've got to play catch-up. They can't catch us. The game, the game was done within the first couple of innings. Why do you think we've struggled so much? And it can't be because of the uh, like changing players and stuff. Because look at Espinel's come in, um, Palacios has come in. They've done really well yesterday. So there's like it's four games there: two against Texas, two against the Angels, where we kind of really struggled. Why do you think that is? Youth. I think it's just they're young players, and unfortunately, this little slump started at the beginning of the season and everything gets magnified at the beginning of the season. Um, if players are hot, you know, the media and fans are going to anoint that player as a great player. And right now it's the beginning of the season. It's a slump. 
Um, they were three and five before last night's game. Now they're four and five. So they're not, I mean, they're, 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 just, they're just a game under 500 at the moment. It's not like they're, they're one and seven or two and six. Or- yeah, agree. I, I, I totally agree. I think that um, it, it it's interesting to see how the, the, the Torontonians um, react to a loss. Not multiple losses, a loss. And um, it's 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 all devastating. It's game over. It's just interesting to see how the mentality. Bearing in mind, we're we're not a winning team. We haven't been a winning team since the early nineties. So I just wonder what people's mindset is. It's not we're not even a contending team. Not really. It, it, I think the fact that they made these moves with Springer and Simeon, and they got Mats and Mats has been performing very, very well for the Jays. He's been really good. I've been very impressed. I, I think there's, you know, I think the city is starving for a World Series. Um, it's been a long time uh, since 93. We we had a team in 2015 and in 2016 that made it to the playoffs. They had a huge offense um, in, in 2015, and they had enough pitching with Price and Stroman and and other starters and a bullpen that could make it, but unfortunately didn't make. It. I was I, I was th- I was this close. I swear to God, I was this close to booking flights. Like I was uh, my, my, my my good friend who lives in Toronto, and I, I I was like, dude, one more one more win, two more wins. I said I'm booking my flights. I'm coming. I'm coming. It wasn't to it wasn't to be. But I thought I I thought that we definitely had a chance. I thought that. There's, it was very exciting. I think the whole thing between 2015, where um, at that time nobody knew that Alex Anthopoulos would have been his last season as general manager, but he went out and made moves uh, to to shore up the team. Yeah, and people failed to realize that the team at the time of those moves were under 500 at the time, and they got Price, and they got Ben Revere, and they got Troy Tulowitzki, and you know they won 90 plus games. They won 93 games. Ben Ben Revere was a funny one because he kind of was the unsung hero, like it kind it kind of because Price came in and did such a good job leading up to the playoffs. It kind of got unnoticed the the work that Revere had done. Exactly. I mean, he was strong defensively and left. He was a left handed bat, speed on the bases, and but he was kind of like flowing under the radar a little bit. You know, people were talking about Price and what he was doing and we were talking about Tulowitzki and what he possibly could bring to the lineup. Uh, what he didn't and do. He played He played well defensively. Um, offensively, you know, he struggled a little bit and it could be because going from the National League to the American League, could be going from Coors Field to the Skydome, or sorry, the Rogers Center. I always say Skydome from time to time. But going from Coors Field, which is, you know, a hitter's haven to Rogers Center, which is not a bad park to hit in. But... Um, and also mentally, maybe he wasn't feeling, just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, some friends of mine, they were like, I can't believe we've got Tulo. And I was like, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. And you're going crazy about him. Like, and for me, he did nothing. I, I, I was very disappointed with his time. I, I, I was surprised that we had gotten him. I, I didn't think he was even in, in the discussions until there was a rumor flying around that Jay's had kind of fires on Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. And when the announcement made, when it first came across, was the Jays had acquired Troy Tulowitzki. And I'm trying to figure out, well, where does Jose Reyes fit into this? And then they had mentioned uh, about <laughs> a half hour later, Jose Reyes was going to Colorado. And I'm like, okay. Oh. 
you, know, you kind of. And you would have thought at the time it was an upgrade, right? I, I, I defensively it was. Jose was having some problems defensively. Um, oh. The I think the issues with the clubhouse was that it was a very tight group. Jose Reyes, Jose Batista, Edwin Arcanacion. It was a very tight group, and all of a sudden, Jose Reyes gets traded, and it may, at the time, it ruffled a few feathers. Even though Troy Tulowitzki was coming in, um, it probably did get a few people, you know, upset. Yeah. And then, and of course, you know, it's a clubhouse. You're, you're going to have, kind of, I don't want to say the word clicks, but you're going to have groups that are, are, you know, together quite often. And, you know, when someone gets traded, uh, I'm sure there's, uh, even though there's a professional side, there's a personal side. Do, do we think the team that we have at the moment is close to being as good as 15, 16? I've talked about this on on a previous podcast, and I think that if we can get the pitching right, there's no reason why... And obviously, if we can get people like Springer fit, um, I don't see any reason why this team couldn't emulate what they did and maybe go that one step further. If we can get... Um another starter to help out at the moment, uh, Hunjin Ryu and Steven Max. If they can get another starter to help them out, whether it be someone internally like um, Pearson or... Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Or, you know, I'm kind of hoping that Thomas Hatch is another person that he can look at. Uh, I think he's got very, very good stuff. I think he could be a great number three starter. Or they go externally and hope that one of the teams starts to fall out of the race and they're interested in trading a starter. Um, there's been talk of Luis Pio and John Green uh, as potential targets if those two teams don't do well. Um, they have the capital to to trade. I mean, they have prospects that they can unload if they need to to get a, a one starter. Um, but they are, I, I feel that they are another starter away from being comparable to the 2015 and 2016 teams. Um, if their offense performs uh, up to their capabilities and they don't have to post you know career numbers or anything but if Simeon is close to 2018 um, if Vladdy does what Vladdy's been doing if Bo does what he's been doing if Kevin kind of rates a little bit even Rowdy and once you know he gets on a hot streak it's a left-handed power bat yeah I, I I don't want to write him off I don't want to write him off just yet I think I think Rowdy is He's one swing away from starting his season. I think. I don't. I, I don't think he's going to be another Kendris Morales. I, I, he's been getting. He's been getting a little bit of flack. He's like only twenty three at the moment, or only twenty one at the moment. And again, everything is magnified at the beginning of the season. So if this is in the middle of the season and he was over twenty three, I don't think there would have been so much attention drawn to it. Uh, I think a lot of people like Rowdy as a person. I think a lot. of Rowdy as a baseball player, and the fact that he has left-handed power, the fact that there is so much potential in him as a hitter, uh, it, like you had mentioned, he's just one swing, one swing away of, of starting to, to click and starting to perform the way he's capable of performing. Serious question: How much do we have to pay to get rid of Tanner Rourke? <laughs> um. That's a very good question. It's probably going to have to be the full contract plus a prospect. I'm be, I, I, but on a, on a serious note, because I, I, it looks like we're possibly stuck with him. Like, would you would you get rid of him? Would you get would you say enough's enough now? Because I felt like that after his last start. 
his his last start was very concerning as as a fan because uh, the Tanner Rourke that we signed obviously was not going to be a Tanner Rourke of years before, but yeah. they, you know, everything seemed short. Everything seemed too straight. Everything wasn't breaking. And it's almost like he's a batting practice pitcher right now. And that's unfortunate because here's a guy that can give you 200 plus innings. Here's, here's a pitcher who in the past is capable of pitching very well. And unfortunately right now, it looks like, and Joel Siddle had mentioned it on um, Blue Jays, uh, Blue Jays telecast that maybe just maybe this is the end of Tanner Rourke uh, in terms of his abilities. And it happens to everybody. And um, I, there's a part of me that hopes that he kind of turns it around, but there's also a part of me that says, you know, this is very reminiscent of pitchers that have had before. Pat Hankin was one that yeah. he signed and didn't perform in Jack, Jack Morris's 1993 season. So, so I asked you, where do we think that they, where do we think that they sit at the moment? Let's just say that every, everyone's fit. The st- we know that we throw Springer in there. I think the odd man out as it stands at the moment is probably tail uh, is probably Rowdy. But you don't you don't you don't you don't send him down. You keep him. Um But what happens over the next week if Palacios and Espinal start playing out of their brains? Do they stay? Like cuz I I was wait sorry to interrupt. I was wait I, I was waiting to see what the lineup was going to be today before the game was called off to see if they were both going to play. Or whether Kevin would come straight back in. I think what may end up happening is right now, if Palacios continues to play the way he's playing and Espinal continues to perform the way he's performing, and you know, he was up last year and he performed very well for us. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Davis could be the person, the odd man out. And, you know, story wise, it's a great story for Jonathan Davis to make the team. But if you know, Palacios and play center. Sentiment goes out the window, right? Yeah. So Davis could be the odd man out. Um, Joe Panic could be an odd person out, even though he brings a veteran, a veteran bad in experience. And he's not playing that badly. No, no. But you know, if you kind of compare the two between Panic and Santiago, uh, one bats left hand, one bats right handed, but you know. Santiago looks like he has a little bit more of an offensive skill set than Joe Panic. Um, so who do you go with? Uh, I would probably go with the. I would probably go with um, Santiago Espinal just because I have more speed on the bench, and with Jonathan Davis and you know Josh Palacios. Yeah. It, you know, do you want a right-handed bat or do you want a left-handed bat? And you know who can play well defensively? And Jonathan Davis can play well defensively, but Palacios has that ability as well. So it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's a good problem to have for the Jays that you have so much talent that you have to use instead of, well, I don't have enough. They have more than enough. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie's definitely going to earn his money this year by the looks of things. Um, He's got, he's, he's got some decisions to make. And I think as, as we move into next week, it will become a bit more clearer. Like Springer should be back at some point. It might be towards the end of the week, but um, he should be back. And then obviously once he's back, then the outfield will sort of, I think, I think Lordis should be back as well. Um, 
and then it's just whether Teoscar's <laughs> whether he's caught COVID or not. Like, I guess we have to wait and wait and see what's happened there. Um, as a as a as a Jays fan in Toronto, uh, obviously I know that it's been quite bad. You've been locked down. Things kind of look like they might open up, and then they like shut everything down again. Um, trust me, I know better than anyone. I was meant to come out last summer, and my holiday was cancelled. I was very very annoyed, but it is what it is. What's um. How like how how is it knowing that your team is playing so far away? It must be really strange. It's a strange feeling to have, but because we did it last year, um, and we understand what's going on here in, in Toronto and in Ontario, that it's next to impossible to have a major league baseball team at the moment because teams are crossing the border. If they do happen to cross the border, they got to quarantine, and it, it's not really feasible. Um, but you know, there's always hope that the Jays will return at some point in uh in the year uh could be august could be september um there there's a little bit of hope there but there's also we'll say that maybe next year is is the year that everyone everything goes back to normal so you don't think it will happen this year i i would probably put it at maybe 25 percent that the jays come back this year so you're all going to be jumping in your cars driving up to buffalo uh Probably, yeah, some people would. I mean, I have friends who would go to Buffalo to watch games, so they're they're into into those things. Uh, I I probably wait until they come. I've, I have my own views on it. I just I couldn't imagine anything worse than going to watch a sports game wearing a mask. Like for me, I just it's don't know. Uh, it's um at the moment it's it's the way of life, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems it seems that way. Yeah, even if you get the vaccine, they're still requiring you or asking you to, you know. Unless you're from Texas. <laughs> know how Texas is doing it. I, I would like to believe that um, everything they're doing is is fine and, and it's it's working for them. Um, uh, kudos to them if it's everything is healthy down there. Um, it, it, it was just the way that you could see, like you could see behind the home plate and they were all just chatting away, no masks, nothing, nothing. They, they've, they've done something down there that, um, you know, unfortunately we don't live in Texas, so we don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, again, if the numbers are true and they've gotten a beat or they've got it suppressed or they've somehow overcome it, uh, kudos to, to the people of Texas. It's got to be alcohol. I can't think of any other reason they get around it. It's the alcohol in their systems. It's killing off the germs. They're drinking themselves into a healthy state. Well, we have the LCBO open here in Ontario. So if Texas came out and said it was alcohol, I guarantee you a lot of people in, in Ontario <laughs> would be going to the LCBO to get their alcohol. Oh, yeah. Oh, funny. Okay, so we should really talk about what's happened over the last few days. Um, let's. We'll start with... The disappointment from Texas. We'll just recap that quickly, um, and then we'll cover cover over the last three days against the Angels. Um, in case anyone isn't aware, the fourth game, the final game of the uh, of the homestand against the Angels, was called off today because of bad weather. Um, yesterday's yesterday's game um, managed to finish at six a.m. UK time, which was a uh, which was never going to happen. I, I had no chance of staying up, so I watched it when I got up this morning. But we'll talk about that after. Let's, so let's flip back. We'll flip back to the Rangers. 
Um, we we saw we saw a good we saw a good performance first game. We looked pretty good. I was jumping up and down, thinking, "Yeah, here we go. This is this is going to be a great season." And then bang, um, two back to back losses. But they weren't just back to back losses. They were they were defeats where. It's like we, <laughs> someone had forgot to put the batteries in the toy and like turn it on. Like we just, we didn't, we didn't compete at all. The, the, I don't know if it was, and, and this happens to, to teams and the players. They beat New York two out of three, and then you're playing Texas, which on paper, the Jays should have won two out of three, if not sweep them. You know, the Jays are on paper a more, much more talented team. But sometimes that letdown of playing a team like New York and playing a, a struggling rebuilding team like Texas at the moment, maybe they just weren't as competitive enough. And I think that's what we saw was, again, these are young players. And um, I'm not making excuses. They really should have won those games. But, you know, it, it could have been a psychological letdown. So, so no motivation against Texas. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of got that. It's Texas. That we've got no enthusiasm to really go there. It's kind of boring. We just beat the Yankees. We can conquer the world. So Texas is done. Home opener in front of what's technically our home crowd. It wasn't much of a crowd, let's face it. Um, but so what happened on game one there? The motivation surely should have been there. Uh, if I remember correctly, game one, they went to extras and yeah. it's just the, it's literally, it's the rule, man. It's, and that, and, and, and that's, and that's, the, and that's the thing because like, I, I felt that we probably should have won that game. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you can't even blame Raphael Dolis for that. You threw one oh. pitch and David yeah. Fletcher got that. It was just, you know, it's a good hit. It's a good hitter. It's a good hitter that hit a good pitch. That was it. Yeah, yeah. It was basically. It. I mean, they. It, it was one of those things where you chalk it up to, you know, innings. They got they got the hit and we didn't. Um, game two, the Jays should have rebounded. Um, I'm a firmer believer of, you know, you were close to winning the first game, in extras that should kind of carry over and give you a little bit of confidence that you could hang with a team like the angels. Yeah. The angels are a very good team. And anytime you, f- you face Mike Trout, anytime you face Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon, and even though Albert Pujols is not the Albert Pujols is old and David Fletcher, you know, you know, you're going to be in for a battle, but it, it's, it's a good battle. You're, you're kind of seeing where you stand. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think we would have won tonight. I think that with them getting sucked, they, they they got beat down yesterday, and we'll come to that in a minute. But I think they would have won tonight. So it was a shame that they couldn't take something from game two, um, and just show actually we can compete with these guys. Um, it was a for me. I was I, I, I was disappointed with not so much the result. It was more it was more the way we lost. Like we weren't ever in that game. No, it was, it was just one of those games where, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're going to have games where we're going to lose badly. I mean, it's inevitable. It's 162 games. Um, 
that kind of separates good teams from great teams where you chalk it up as a beatdown and yeah. you move forward. Uh, Which is why it was so impressive last night. Yeah, they, 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 it was almost like they, they became a little more cognizant of what they need to do instead of what they want to do. Yeah. And what they really need to do is take the pitches the other way, go the other way, run the bases, um, play as strong as defense as you possibly can. And, you know, it, it worked. It, they, they see the success in it and um, hopefully they continue. I mean, it's not like they're not going to hit home runs. They're going to hit home runs. It's a very, very powerful lineup. But right now you don't have Teoscar. You don't have Lourdes. Um, Kevin wasn't in the lineup. Rowdy's been struggling. So they have to find other ways of winning. And they showed it again last night. They were patient. They went the other way. They ran. Took walk, took a lot of walks. Yep. They, they, they were incredibly patient. Um, it helps that Quintana and, and the other pitchers were wild, but they didn't chase. And that was the great thing. And I think Vladdy's at bats are, are an example of it. He doesn't, he's not chasing. He's, waiting he's having the pitcher throw five six seven pitches um every at bat and, and it works for him and it's working and it's, and it's working for the entire lineup and before, i think got a bit, a bit, before we talk about last night's game jordan romano julian merriweather how good have they really been they have been very good um they, I don't want to say they are the new Ward Hanky of the Blue Jays. I don't want to say that uh-huh. yet. Um, I, I don't want to jinx them. But having those two arms in the bullpen, and people, again, you know, Dolis gets, you know, criticized quite a bit, but he pitched well last year too. And you have those three arms coming out of the bullpen. And Tim Meza has been performing well out of the bullpen, especially coming back from surgery. Uh, do, do we end up? Do we end up seeing Trent Thornton start? Is that what it's looking like at the moment? I would keep Trent Thornton as if they're going to continue with, um, yeah, if they're going to continue with Tanner Rourke as a starter, and I know he's going to be in the it's going to, he's going to be in the bullpen for tomorrow's game, so he could piggyback uh, Robbie Ray because we don't know what Robbie Ray is going to give you. Um, he's coming back from injury as well. Yeah, but. If they don't make any moves and it's going to be Hunjin Ryu, Steven Matz, um, TJ Zoik, Ross Stripling, and Tanner Rourke, I would have Trent Thorne prepare every five days because if Tanner doesn't give you a lot of innings, you have Trent Thorne who can give you three or four innings. Um, just do what the Texas Rangers do, which is what they call tandem pitching. Um, have a starter go four or five and then have the other guy come in and finish off the game but that's why last like last night it was great to have just two pitchers go in starter does what he needs to do and then and then and then bring one in two three innings game over job done it would be obviously that's never going to happen all the time but it was it was it was nice and it meant that the bullpen got a good rest so let's talk let's talk last night jay's win 15-1 um Rain delayed for I, I lost count of how many hours it was delayed now, but it st- it started at silly o'clock in the morning UK time. It finished at six o'clock in the morning. I did not watch it live. I'm going to put my hands up, um, but I watched it this I watched it this morning when I got up. Um, wow, impressive. I think uh, I think that for me, Bo, Vladdy, Palacios, 
Espinal. I think they're the ones that stood out. But I want to talk about Randall Grichuk first. For a guy that probably thinks before the season started, I've lost my place in the team. He's enough doing his best to make sure that that doesn't happen. He had said in the offseason that he was going to do everything he can to not give them a reason to take him out of the lineup. And he's performing like a man that does not want to come out of the lineup. Uh, if you took last year's, um, what he did last year and how he performed last year, and you take what he's doing right now, it looks like he's turned a corner. And for some players, it takes a little bit longer than others. And Randall has always had incredible power. Uh, but if you notice this year, he's going the opposite field. It's like last year, he was going to opposite field quite a bit. And, and this year, he's doing the same thing. And he's having great at-bats. Um, you know, it, he's strong enough to hit one out pretty much every at-bat. He's a, he's a very strong young man. Uh, but he's having some very, very good at-bats. And, you know, it, again, it presents a problem when Lourdes comes back and George Springer comes back and Tiazza comes back. Uh, what happens? You know, do you keep Randall in right field and put Teoscar as the everyday DH? And Rowdy is someone that will get spot starts at first then at DH? Or, you know, what do you do? It's a very good problem to have for the Jays because, again, you have a lot of offense to choose from. But, you know, I can't, I cannot see them taking Randall out of the lineup. Not right now. And he's, he's been performing very well, especially at the bottom of the order. He's up very big numbers. I know you put you if you think once everyone's fit and healthy and you've got someone like Randall Grichuk is hitting eighth, maybe that's yeah, that's exactly it. He's going to be the guy who's going to be hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth. And you kind of make that lineup longer and you make it much more deadlier. And you know, if you ask every pitcher, the last thing they want is to see a lineup that is that good, um, and to be that long because there's no breathing spots. Um, in a lineup like that, other than maybe catcher. And, you know, Danny Jansen starts to hit or Kirk starts to hit. Where's where, where the easy spot in that lineup? Yeah, and Kevin Biggio. Even with Kevin Biggio, if he starts to perform like how we've seen him perform, that's a 370, 380 on base percentage type of a player. And he's going to work the pitcher. He's he's going to he's going to literally wear down the pitcher. Yeah, Palacios. Who, who comes into a, into their second game ever and goes four for four with a walk? He performed incredibly well last night. Um, I love his excitement when he dropped that bunt and got his first base hit. The way he reacted was, you know, he he loves the game. He's, he's there to have fun. Yeah. And that's, uh, you kind of see that exuberance and that, and that energy out of him. And again, with Santiago Esmel, he, he stepped in and just performed incredibly well. Um, he's someone that unfortunately because of the, the numbers um, they, he got sent to the alternate site and uh, no disrespect to Joe Panic, but you know uh, he was selected so um, I really hope the kids continue to perform well and again it, it offers a great offers a great problem for the Jays like what do you do next who do you keep who do you send down um, do you make a move to or a pitcher? Do you trade someone? Is Plasio someone that, if he perform well, could he be a trade piece in, in a in a deal for someone? Uh, so, presenting uh, great problems for the Jays at the moment. Finally, we'll touch touch on Bo. 
I think that people people will st- were at the start of the season. We say start. It's still the start of the season. People like calm down. We're not that far into the season. Like just eat, take it easy. But people were saying that. Oh no, he's not hitting. He's not doing that. I think we can forget that already because he's shown over the last few games that the bow that we've seen is the bow that seems to be back now. Um, how? good can this kid get? He reminds me of a player that used to play for Boston by the name of Nomar Garcia Pera. He he has that ability. He's and I know some people kind of compare him to Josh Donaldson because of the leg kick and his swing, but he he can post numbers that are prime Nomar Garcia Pera type numbers. He's that good offensively. Uh, I would prefer to keep him in a two spot and let him just let him be, let him do the damage he's capable of doing. Um, you know, it's he's he's frighteningly good at this moment, and you know, there's no, I don't think he really has a ceiling. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if he hits three sixty one season. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits thirty five home runs. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a thirty thirty guy. Uh, he is that incredibly talented. So, um, defensively, defensively, he needs more time at short. People are talking about moving him to second and flipping Simi into short. Uh, I think that's only going to stunt his uh, progress as a shortstop. Um, I would keep him at short. He's got range. He's got a good enough arm to be at short. Uh, we've seen him actually throw really well when he needs to. It's just getting the reps. It's just getting the, the, the amount of time there. Um, so what have we got coming up this week? I actually haven't even looked. Um, uh, we got the Yankees coming up this week. Um, I'm actually, let me check the schedule right now because I have it right beside me. So we got the Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. That's right. They're saying that Springer could be back for the Royal Series, but it's likely it'll be after that. Those are not easy games. Uh, people are kind of probably going to look and say, well, Kansas City Royals is a great team. They made some moves um, this offseason, and they offensively can be very, very dangerous. Uh, so, you know, don't sleep on the Royals. Uh, later on in the week, the Yankees... Unless it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, the game started at 9.45, finished at maybe 1-something. and It was like 1.30, right? I think. Yeah, it was both there. And I got to give respect to, again, uh, the other... Those young guys at Blue Jays Center, who I occasionally uh, do uh, uh, podcasts for, they were up and they were still excited about the game. So yeah, I, I don't think that it would have been as good if we had lost fifteen one. It might have been a deal I waited up for this. <laughs> Probably would have heard some R-rated language from that. <laughs> um, but anybody who thinks that baseball is losing the young generation, I don't see it uh, there's a lot of young players that a lot of young people are attached to and um here in toronto it's vladi and bo especially vladi and bo um you know in the states it's tim anderson and obviously people love mike trout and in new york they got aaron judge and uh, you know there's a lot of young players that are playing right now that a lot of young fans are drawn to um so you know back to the yankees I don't. The Yankees haven't started to to run on all cylinders yet, and that's very frightening. Um, let's hope that let's hope that they don't know. Like I've got to be honest, I'd like to see them run on no cylinders for the rest of the season. Um, I, I think 
if the Yankees fail, that's bad for baseball. Uh, I think um, you need to have that, that villain, that that big bad villain. Yeah. And um, I mean, everyone talks about the Houston Astros and especially Carlos Correa and <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor Bauer, and they've kind of positioned themselves as the villains of baseball. And the Yankees, you can't blame how the Yankees run their operation. They are very successful. Just quickly, touching on Houston, they've got off lightly, haven't they? Let's face it. If there were, if they, if they were traveling around, going to away away cities and away grounds where the fans literally would be on their backs, I, I think they've got off really lightly, not having to face the wrath of the fans. What we're seeing right now with the fans, especially those who are upset with the Houston Astros, uh, they're also upset with Major League Baseball because they felt that the the punishment didn't serve the you know the crime, so to speak, and um, you know the fact that Carlos Correa said what he had said uh, a couple about a year or so ago when he did an interview. Um, they 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 haven't gotten. I think you're going to see more venom from the fans. I think that uh, are going to constantly boo them. They're the team that everybody loves to hate. Uh, you know, people hate the Yankees, but they respect the Yankees. People hate the Red Sox, but they respect the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, people, you know, like the Dodgers. Uh, you, um, I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about the Dodgers. Uh, people like the people like the Cubs, uh, but the Astros. Everybody hates them at the moment. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think I'll. We'll talk about this another time. I just, I don't. I just. I can't. I can't. If 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 it's proven that you've been found cheating, then the consequences have to be of the highest order, right? You can't. You can't because if it was any other sport in the Olympics, if you do drugs and you get caught, not only do you get stripped, you're not allowed to play for X amount of years or banned for or banned for life. Um. In, in, I know that in football here, if you get caught with any kind of drugs, it's probably six months out. Now, how do how do you do that? Do you say that Houston can't play for six months? I get it. I understand why they haven't said, well, you can't play in our league anymore. I think what they should have done was, um, you know, obviously you can't really strip them of the World Series. Um no, what I what I would have done is I would have said from now on for the next season we're going to place trash cans at the plate. You have to stand in it and hit, and if you hit the trash can while you're swinging, you're out. Like I would have done something. I know that it's not possible, but you, like I don't I don't know how you get around this. You can't. I think I think what they could have done was you know given the fact that you know they cheated. Um, they could have just said, you know what, 2018, 2019, 2020, no matter what your record was, you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. I think that that would have been suffice. So they could have won 110 games, but you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, or you could have done something like you strip them of all the draft picks for X amount of years. That would have hurt them. That would have hurt them more. Because imagine how much how much equity that would have been worth. Like you just you just you've got nothing now. You've got nothing. I, 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 it could have been something like that. It could have been, you know, financially, teams can get around it somehow. Um, you know, do you, do you slap them with a fifty million dollar fine? No, I think that's excessive. Um, but no, no trade, no trade. Two years, no trade. You can't trade anyone. Tra- like a transfer ban, like a transfer ban. 
Yeah, it, it could have been something like that. It could have been something like, hey, you know what? Free agency, you're totally out of it. If you lose your players, that's up to you. Yeah. But you can't sign anybody. Something that would have made it very clear that there is a punishment that needs to be... Yeah, because because surely the only thing that it's done is it's basically said to everyone else now is that you'll get away with cheating if you don't get caught. And nothing will happen when you do. It'll be a slap on the wrist and then you go about your business. I, I, I totally agree. And I think part of that too is um, when I, I, I am not confident in the Major League Baseball Commissioner, um, Manfred, Mansfield, whatever his name is, I, I just don't care about him anymore. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to throw him under the bus completely because I did like the ulti- I did like the, the universal DH uh, from last year. I think it was a great idea. I think it was yeah. something they should have done this year. Um, but I think right now, baseball itself doesn't have the right leaders for the game. Uh, they don't have a commissioner who makes the right decisions, and I don't think that Tony Clark is the right MLBPA guy. And I'm not saying that Tony Clark is Tony Clark is a a bad person, but you know, there's got to be something here for the fans. And the fact that there is no, no universal DH this year, uh, the fact there's no expanded playoffs this year, uh, it was proven last year that people liked it. Why not go back to it? Uh, I don't know how they could not go back to that. Just in short, if this was the other way around and we were talking about the Blue Jays knocking on trash cans, <laughs> do you think that the punishment would have been a lot worse? Because I feel like I, I like I watch the raps. I watch I watch the Jays. I've watched the Jays for like a, like a long time now, and I've always felt like definitely the commentators, the commentators from the states, no time for the Jays whatsoever. Do you think that's baseball in general? Like they they kind of wish the Jays didn't exist. Watch ESPN and Fox Sports. They don't give a lot of time to the Jays. Uh, so if you watch, yeah, uh, if you watch MLB Network, they do talk about Flatty and they do talk about the Jays quite a bit. Uh, if you watch Christopher Russo, he talks about the Jays quite a bit. So, um, but they're a predominantly baseball show. But in terms of sports in general, I, I don't see the American market um, really accepting the Jays. Though uh, in 92 and 93 and even 1991, they were one of the top drawing teams as a visiting team. Yeah. So, and they weren't really, they weren't really villains. They weren't the bad guys. They weren't the Houston Astros of that era. They, they were a very talented team. and wanted to see them. One last thing. We've got 150 games left, roughly there or thereabouts. Do we think more highs or more lows as we go throughout the season towards September? Do we think that we do we do we realistically think that the Jays will be there or thereabouts? I for me, my answer is easy and simple. Yes, I think we'll be there. I think we will still hit around ninety wins. I think the Jays. If they don't make a move for pitching, they'll they'll win eighty five. Their offense is good enough to carry them to eighty five wins. Um, is Stephen Matz? Is this the Stephen Matz that we're seeing right now, or is the Stephen Matz of the Mets that we we may get eventually? Um, Right now, he's performing incredibly well, um, but again, I think they need another starter for them. For me, for them to hit ninety plus wins, they would need another starter. Again, that could be internally, could be externally, but another starter to help uh, Ryu and, and at the moment, Mats. Um, it would be incredibly hilarious if it's Tanner Rourke 
goes off and throws. <laughs> and he, 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 <laughs> if that happens, the city and, and the, the Blue Jay fans oh. will go nuts. If Tanner Work somehow turns it around and starts posting sub three ERAs. I'll tell you what, it's a good thing that my chair has arms, otherwise I would have just fallen off my chair. Like, it's... Uh, Stranger things have happened in baseball, man. It's it's um, people who you think are, are finished, turn it around. And- dude, I want to finish this on a positive, okay? Like, you're, you're saying, you're talking about Tanner Rourke, please. On a positive, come on, you can do it. On a positive, the Jays will win 85 without another starter. Um, if they get another starter, they'll win above 90, and they will be in the wild card spot if, if in the AL East, um, Boston and Baltimore are highly competitive, and they're showing that they have moments where they are, and they have had great games. 90-plus wins might be enough to win the AL East. No, I, I, that, that, that's where I am. I'm, I'm looking at round about 90. I don't think it's going to be any higher than that, but I think... I think we're waiting. To, we're waiting to see what ha- I think. We're waiting to see what happens with Nate Pearson. I think if if he is it is he going to be another Aaron Sanchez, where he comes in, we think yeah, this guy's got the stuff, and then for one reason or another, he's injured or he can't pitch or whatever. So I'm hoping that he comes in and he can perform. That kind of gets rid of one issue, and then we're looking for another. Basically, is that's what you're saying. I think if Pearson comes in and performs the way I think everybody's hoping he performs, um, I don't think you would need to get another one because we know what we're getting with Hunjin Ryu. If Steven Max continues performing the way he is performing, yeah. you have three three starters that can go into a short playoff season or a short playoff series and win you that series. Um, Especially with what the bullpen's shown us, right? Yeah, the bullpen can go can give you four or five very, very good innings um, if a starter has to go short. Um, and give Charlie credit. For most, for the most part, he's managed that bullpen well. I know there are times where he goes above and beyond and starts taking pitchers in and out and, yeah. and you know, it gets to be a little too much, but... Um, I've liked how he. I've liked. I've liked what he's done so far this season. I think there's only been one game where I was like, was the Tanner Rourke game actually, where I thought, nah, he's kind of got to pull him, and he didn't. I, I think he he wanted to go as long as he possibly can with Tanner Rourke, and sometimes you'll see that with managers. You know, a pitcher could be getting shelled, and you're just going to stick with him. Sheldon, so I think we're I think we're ended there. Look, I have to say massive, massive thank you for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. It's good to talk baseball with someone when I'm in the UK because let's face it, when I talk to people here, nobody knows anything about baseball. Uh, cricket, cricket, no, no, not cricket, baseball. Um, and so yeah, it's but uh, very knowledgeable, um, great character. I definitely would love to have you back on at some point during the season. Um, and thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I would love to come back um, whenever you need me. Give me a, you know, DM me and I'll make time for you. Just make sure you tell everyone what's your Instagram handle. Uh, my Instagram handle is Sheldon Bootsboy. Uh, you can catch me also on Blue Jay Center. Uh, that's the Instagram handle is that one. And also there's another one called the 4040 Club where it's a bunch of old people talking baseball. Um, so for the older crowd out there, if you want to hear some you know, people in their 40s and 50s, and 60s talking about baseball that's the one that you could listen to as well sheldon thank you for coming on um and we'll catch up during the week no doubt um 
Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.